Turn to the book of Revelation, the first chapter. Thank God for my friends. Amen. Somebody was talking to me just uh, a few days ago, and uh, they were thanking God for the church and thanking God for uh, just uh, some questions that I was helping answer. And if you got questions, ask them. Yes, don't hey, we? You say oh, I don't want to be a bother. Praise God. That's like like saying I don't want to bother you with ice cream. <laughs> what are you thinking? Hey, Amen. It's like, uh, God's good. I love the word of God and I love helping people understand the word of God. And I appreciate some of you that just don't hesitate to say, Hey, let me run something by you. Amen. And I might, uh, I might just reaffirm what God's already telling you, but I might be able to give another, uh, part of it. You didn't, uh, who knows? God just works that way. So please ask questions. I want to help you. But they were, they were saying, you know, you're such a blessing to, to, and uh, I don't know if she was talking, what word she wanted to use, the people here. And she was saying, what's the word for the, for the people in the church that, that are listening to the preacher? I said, my friends. My friends, that's, 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 thank God for my friends. Amen. So God's so good. We're turning to Revelation 1. And let's pray. Father, thank you again for, Lord, just what we've already heard, what we've already felt in this service tonight, Lord. God, I pray that you'd build us up, that you'd strengthen us tonight, God, and that you would feed us from your word, Lord. And God, that each heart would receive something from you, God, and that you would, Lord, help us to go out of this house and and just shine a light and be doers of your word, Lord, and not just hearers. We love you, Lord. We love you so much. and We thank you for what you're doing. Have your way, Lord, in this message tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Revelation 1, verse 17. John, who called himself in his gospel the disciple whom Jesus loved, right. sees Jesus now in a vision And he is glorified and he is enthroned in heaven and says in verse 17, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. He laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not, for I am the first and the last. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? I think three different times in the book of Isaiah, it says of almighty God. Amen. That I am the first and the last. Now Jesus steps up and says, guess who's you're looking at? Amen. The image of the invisible God. God manifested in the flesh. And he says, I am. Amen. The first and the last. There's not two firsts and two lasts. Amen. And he wasn't looking at the second person. He was looking at the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. God bless you. You can be seated. I, I want to spend a little time. I, I guess maybe I thank you for praying. I struggled a little bit of what God your will would be for tonight. And I pray that somebody has helped and blessed. We certainly didn't get this offline. Amen. But we prayed for the will of God. And let me say very uh, fundamentally, if you will, that the Bible is a book with a theme. What an amazing book that it is that not just a collection of 66 books, but each one of these just dovetailed together so perfectly, written in different Nations in different continents, different cultures by penned by different ones that so, so many just different life experiences, backgrounds, but every single one of them breathed by God, inspired by his spirit to write his word. Amen. And as we see it, it, it has a theme. That is unbroken. No matter if it was a shepherd who was writing, a soldier who was writing, a statesman who was writing, a fisherman who was writing, uh, uh, 
this, this theme from Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. Amen. Amen. If you don't understand that, there's a lot of questions people ask, and I think I thank God for those questions. But if you get off the theme of what the Bible, it's kind of like somebody can take something you said out of context, right? right? And uh, there's a lot of things that we can ask about different things in the Bible that that kind of get us thinking in certain ways. But but the Bible is really about what it's about. Amen. It is a book about Jesus. It is a book about him. Amen. When you start reading the Bible and start understanding it and, and dig into it, hallelujah, it, it is a, a, a lifetime of, of learning and growing to know more about him. Amen. And if you get off the theme of who he is and what his will is, his plan is, and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the point. I sat down for a little while. Again, let me say, I didn't just go ahead and Google this, but I thought about Jesus throughout the word of God. I could take the rest of our time and keep you into the night, but I, uh, I have a short, maybe not as short as you might think, just, just some things off the top of my head, thinking about Jesus in the word of God. You know, right at the beginning, right at the beginning, hallelujah, Oh, it's not in my notes, but Jesus refers back to Genesis 1-1. In fact, he goes back a little bit farther before in the beginning God created. Amen. He says in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Amen. If you read down a little bit farther in first chapter of John, it starts telling you that that Word, which was God, was manifested in the flesh. Amen. Came unto his own, and his own received him not, but to the many as received him, he gave them power to be the sons of God. Amen. But at that fall, at the fall of man, when when man chose his will over God's will, he was right there. The very first death in the Bible. It wasn't Abel. Hello? Abel was not the first death in the Bible. But the Bible says when Adam and Eve were found in sin, they were ashamed. And God met them and coated them, covered their shame with skins. I'm going to tell you, an animal didn't say, hey, I'll just take my skin. It'll be all right. But there was a death to cover the shame of sin right there. And it pointed to a Lamb of God that would come and die to cover our sins with his blood. Amen. Amen. The very words that were spoken to to Adam and Eve that day, he said, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something that's going to happen. There's going to be a seed of a woman. What? That doesn't even make sense. The seed of a woman. Oh, he's going to come and you're going to, the serpent is going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush his head. That's Jesus. That's pointing to that cross. That's pointing to the salvation of Jesus. Yeah, you can go on a little bit farther and, 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 and so much. We, we could spend, like I said, so much time. But God calls a man named Abram and his wife that was with him, Sarah. And, and uh, there's a miracle child. Amen. They're given a birth that scientifically should not have ever taken place. They were long past the time of bearing children. That miracle child, God told Abraham that one day take him up on the mountain and sacrifice him unto me. Amen. Hallelujah. As Isaac laid himself down, because I'll tell you what, I think that boy could have taken that old man, but he was respectful and res- enough to, to lay down willingly. But before he did that, he said, hey, we've got... The fire, and we've got the wood. Where's the sacrifice? And he said, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. Amen. Hallelujah. Years later, a grandson, if you will, named Joseph was sold by his brothers. Amen. Lied about, betrayed, but elevated to a throne to save his people. Amen. That would have 
certainly died. Oh, I see Jesus in that. He was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Amen. He was betrayed. He came unto his own, we said in 1 John, and his own received him not. They lied about him, but you know what? He said the devil meant it for evil, but God's got a plan for good. Hallelujah. You go into Exodus, and every family is going to be death. It's going to be death in the whole land. But when I see the blood, I will pass over you. The Passover lamb is going to make an atonement that you don't have to see death, but you'll live. Hallelujah. He goes on and maybe some of the books that you kind of stumble through. But when you start reading the book of Leviticus, it was a it's a book of sacrifice that every sacrifice for atonement points to Jesus. Every sacrifice for fellowship comes to G comes points to Jesus. Every sacrifice for the sins of the people, it points to Jesus. And even the priesthood itself, the book of Hebrews says that the Levites, they didn't have a perfect priesthood. They had a problem because they were sinners too. They were going to go into the presence of God and sacrifice for the people, but they first had to make an atonement for their own sins. But Jesus, hallelujah, without sin, became our high priest that was so much greater than the Levitical priesthood. He was the serpent. He said in the Gospels that if I be lifted up like Moses took that fiery serpent, they were being bitten and judged and dying because of the judgment of God on them. And and God told Moses, take and make the form of a serpent, put it up on a rod. And if you look to that serpent, you look to the, the, the very thing that is causing your judgment, you're going to live. Jesus became sin, became the judgment, became all the wrath that was pronounced on us and he was lifted up and john said look to the lamb of god look on him he said if i be lifted up i'll draw men unto me he was that one you know it's been asked me several times already you know they how sad it is and how 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 it just doesn't seem right almost that that moses And all his life and going through the wilderness, bringing them out of bondage before that. And he gets right up to the promised land, but he never goes in. Doesn't that seem unfair? But one named Joshua stepped into his place. He was a conqueror and he was a a, a warrior. and, And he stepped in and took them into the promised land. Can I tell you how the lawgiver and the law could not take us into the promised land? The law was weak because of our flesh. The Old Testament and all the commandments just told us we were sinners. It can't get you into the promised land. But that one named Yeshua. Amen. That one hallelujah that came and and said, I'll do what the law couldn't do. I'll give you what the law couldn't provide. I'll take you across the river and into the promised land and all the way to heaven. That's Jesus. Bible we talked about the other day about how Naomi and Elimelech were going through the famine with their sons and Elimelech said we we're going we're leaving Bethlehem and we're going to go into Moab and we're going to find food there Naomi's husband dies her sons die but there's a Moabite young lady named Ruth and they come back in to Bethlehem But now they're just beggars. They're gleaners. We've talked about it the other day. They don't have anything at all. They have an inheritance under their husband's name, but they're they're without that. They're outside of that. They need a kinsman redeemer. They need somebody who's a close family member to come in and buy back, which was lost. For them, amen, that they can get their inheritance. Can I tell you what Jesus did? He became 
became like us. He became flesh and dwelt among us that he could be our redeemer to buy back what we had lost. Amen. He's our kinsman redeemer. The whole book is pointing to Jesus. You remember how there was a closer kinsman? And in that day, they would take off their sandal in a public place, in a place of like it would be like the courthouse of that day. If they could not redeem them and take off their sandal and hand it to the one who was the near kinsman and say, okay, I'll give it all to you. The law couldn't redeem us. But when Jesus came, hallelujah, the last Old Testament prophet, John, who was in the line of the priesthood as well, said, look to him. I'm not even worthy to unloose my sandal because he is the one who's going to redeem us. Hallelujah. Oh, you get into the story of David. I don't have a whole lot of time, but David, that shepherd who became king, points to the son of David one day. Everything you see him walking in, you see Jesus in every step of the way. You get into the book of Ezra and Nehemiah and how judgment brought disaster and brought devastation. The temple was destroyed. The, the, the wall around the city was destroyed. And so they come in by the hand of God and the people coming together with a mind to work and they rebuild, they rebuild what is destroyed because of their own sins and because of judgment. Thank God that Jesus is that one that rebuilds Esther. Stepped into the presence of the king. Esther said, if I die, I die. But everybody is going to perish if somebody doesn't step up. Thank God Jesus stepped up and he did go to death for us that we might be saved from certain judgment and death. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Job. Brother was talking about Job. Job didn't understand what he was going through. And in his mind, he thought, you know, God is so amazing and so great and so, so powerful. And how can he understand me? If I tell him how I struggle and how I suffer, how can he understand what I'm going through? And I'm so low. I'm just flesh. I'm nobody. And how can, how can I understand his greatness and his power and his majesty? And Job says in his word, oh, if there was only the word in the King James, a daysman. You know what that is? That's somebody. It's like a a mediator. Somebody that can come between man and God. Someone who understands, praise God, both sides of the party. And he said, how could there ever be somebody who both understands the lowliness of suffering and hurt and sorrow, but still understands the glory and the majesty of God? How could there ever be a mediator like that? And that's Jesus. Hallelujah. The book of Psalms, we could spend a whole series just on Jesus in the Psalms. But just thinking about the most probably quoted Psalm there is, Psalm 23, the Lord, Almighty God, capital L-O-R-D, is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Can I tell you, if we're familiar with that, everybody in that area of Judea knew Psalm 23 from the time they were a little child. And Jesus walked in the midst of them and said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd who gives his life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. Amen. They know me. Amen. Hallelujah. If you go back just one chapter from Psalm 23, you'll see David crying out, but as a prophet, he's going through troubles and trials, but he begins to prophesy. And as he prophesies in Psalm 22, you'll see him start to describe what we know today as crucifixion. Talks about his hands and his feet being pierced. Talks about not a, none of his bones being broken. Talks about them gathering around a, like like wild animals, a pack of, uh, of wild animals around him and before there was ever even in the mind of a of a Roman 
nation that was not even formed at that time that would come up with such a heinous, horrible, cruel execution method like crucifixion before that was ever even created. And David begins to pen specific words about Jesus who would be crucified in such a manner. The book of Song of Solomon is a beautiful talk book about about the life of a the love and the of a of a of a bride and a bridegroom and the romantic intimacy of of that union of a covenant. Amen. But you read it and you got to see there's a bride groom named Jesus who loves him his bride the church and gave himself for it. Amen. And that bride says, draw me and I will run to you. Hallelujah. Isaiah tells us in so many different places, but so, so clearly unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. Amen. Amen. Jesus, through and through Jeremiah, known as the weeping prophet, even a book of lamentations, he sees the devastation, he sees the sins, he sees the rejection, and he weeps. He says, oh, that my eyes were water. They're just crying out, seeing all this. And you look in the Gospels and see Jesus Walking up on the mountain and looking down at Jerusalem and saying, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem and weeping. How often I would have gathered you as a hen doth her chicks, but you would not. He said, behold, your your nation is left desolate. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Oh, on and on we could go. Jonah, Jesus said, I'm not going to give you any, any other sign except the sign of the prophet Jonah. Who when he was in the belly of that whale three days and three nights, that great fish. Amen. The son of man will be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. That's pointing to Jesus. Zechariah talked about how he would come on a donkey into the city. He talked about 30 pieces of silver that he would would be his price. He talked about how he was. They would see the wounds in his hands and say, I was wounded in the house of my friends. He talks about how in that day, in that day, his name will be one. And the, the Bible tells us in the New Testament, there is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ is one. Micah tells us his birth would be in Bethlehem. Constantly, over and over and over again. We could just go on and on and on and on. This book is about Jesus. But this book, the theme of it tells us of his his love for for humanity who is lost. Amen. The Bible tells us in the book of Galatians that the law, the old covenant, the old testament, if you will, is a schoolmaster, a teacher to teach us that no matter how hard we try to keep the commandments. No matter how hard we try to be righteous, no matter how hard we try to follow even God's own commands, we're still lost. Amen. We can do everything we can do, but we need a Savior. We need a heart change. Amen. We are hopeless to do our very best. Amen. But he has come that we might be rescued from that. It points this whole Old Testament of, uh, of men, men trying and failing and, and God saying, come on, just do right. I'll, I love you. I want to help you. Hosea was that, that bridegroom that loved a, an unfaithful bride but kept taking her back just like Jesus. But finally, Jesus comes, lives a holy life. Lives a life that overcame the temptations of Satan. Amen. 
It is written. It is written. It is written. Amen. He does what Adam didn't do. He comes and he overcomes the temptation. Says no to to everything the devil throws his way. But then he gives himself a sacrifice for sins. Amen. His death on that cross, the shedding of blood that from the very beginning was pointing to the cross when he said, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Jesus came and died on that cross, took our place because we were the wages of sin or death. We owed a price like that man that that owed an unpayable debt. We owed an unpayable debt. Jesus came and paid that debt with his own blood, without sin. Amen. Was buried. Put in the ground, as we said about Jonah. Put in the ground three days and three nights. Amen. Three days and three nights. We'll get into that a little bit probably in next week or so. Amen. I don't know. Good Friday evening, Saturday, sunrise Sunday morning. Who's right? Let God be true. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. Listen to me. He was buried, put in the ground. As he said, the, the, the one sign that he would give that he is that one that they were looking for three days and three nights. I'll be in the heart of the earth, but then I'm coming out. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to pronounce it openly to all. Amen. Amen. That your sins have been paid for. And he tells them in his last words to go. Before he told them to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, he told them to go and wait in the city of Jerusalem in an upper room. Amen. Wait for the promise that John talked about. Hallelujah. John said in Matthew 3, 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But let me tell you what Jesus is going to do. He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He's not going to hand me that sandal. I'm not the kinsman redeemer. He's the one who's going to redeem. Don't look to me. Look to the Lamb of God. I must decrease. He must increase. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's going to fill you with his power. It's not going to be locked behind a veil any longer. The veil is going to rip from top to bottom. And the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out and live in you. You're going to be washed. You're going to be cleansed. You're going to be filled. Jesus talked about it. John 7. Go ahead and turn with me. I'll give you a moment. All right, that's enough. Now, John 7, 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, then come unto me and drink. Those Pharisees didn't care. They were self-satisfied. They were self-righteous. But if anybody understands, you're trying your best. You're doing all you can. You think you, you, you've done everything you can do, but you still feel empty. You still feel lost. You, f- you still feel like you're still in all your sins. He said, come unto me right. and drink. Yes, sir. He that believeth on me, listen, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water. Amen. Just like John talked about, just like Joel talked about, just like Ezekiel talked about, just like Isaiah talked about, stammering lips in an unknown tongue. Amen. This spake he, you don't have to guess what he's talking about. Oh, that could be a lot of things. No, he told you. This he spake of the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Listen, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He had to die, be buried, and rose again. I heard it today. Somebody I was listening to a little bit online, they said, Oh, what about your theology is going to get all messed up when I tell you about the thief on the cross. The thief was never baptized. The thief never had any baptism of fire and never spoke in tongues. He never went to one church. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit was not yet given. Jesus was not yet glorified. 
That thief on the cross couldn't look at a, at a lamb that was slain for the sins of the world, couldn't believe on a, on a burial and a resurrection and a, and filling of the Holy Ghost. There was still an old, a new covenant that had to come to pass through his death, burial, and resurrection. He was not yet glorified. Because he rose from the dead, was ascended into heaven. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Read it in Matthew 28. All power. That's Jesus being glorified. He told them, wait, wait, don't go. You're going to go in all the world. But don't you do it without that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you do it. Hallelujah. Out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. He said to Acts 1, verse 8, again. But ye shall receive power. This is Jesus, the great commission, the last few moments before he lifts off and ascends into heaven. He tells them in Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You keep on reading in the book of Acts. For sake of time, you're going to see. They gather together. I've never been much of a fan of believing that they should have had themselves a little business meeting and try to figure out who's going to take Judas's place. He didn't say go have a business meeting. He said go tarry and wait for the promise of the Father. He didn't tell them to pick lots and try to figure out who's going to take Judas's place. And you never really hear a whole lot about Matthias one way or another, whether that matters a whole lot. But can I tell you, when the day of Pentecost was fully come in Acts, the second chapter, there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Amen. Filled all the house where they were seated, cloven tongues of fire come down, and they all begin to speak with other tongues, all begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Everybody comes around. Some people are making fun of them, saying they're drunk. Other ones are trying to figure out there was a big festival going on. It was a day of Pentecost, day of first fruits. This is where the first souls coming into the the church, the New Testament church. Amen. It wasn't the law anymore. It wasn't keeping the commandments anymore. It wasn't it, it wasn't Moses anymore. It was Jesus. They all gather around, and Peter, who before this day is denying that he even knows Jesus. He said, I'll die before I run away. I'll die before I deny you. But boy, he sure did. Amen. Deny him. Just like Jesus said. But now he's filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. It makes the change. It makes the difference. Amen. Hey, I, I think they, they were doing pretty good. I think, I think, uh, you, you can, uh, have a lot of, a lot going on in your life, but when you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that is the game changer. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't say, well, I don't know if it's for me or not. It's for you. He says for, uh, right, uh, right there in the book of Acts, the second chapter, uh, verse 39, it's for you and your children and to everybody as far off as many as the Lord, our God shall call. Amen. They stand up and they hear him preaching about Jesus. He's not scared anymore. He's not frightened of what they're going to think about him. He's full of the fire of the power of God. Amen. And he tells them, they said, men and brother, what should we do? He said, repent. Hello? I'm going to get to what I'm preaching about soon. What are we supposed to do? Repent. What's that mean? Turn away from sin. Be sorry for the life you're living. I don't care if you think you're righteous in your own ways, in your own self. Turn from that old life and turn to Jesus. Put your confidence in Him. This nation needs repentance. Yes, sir. You can go back and try to find out through history and through different uh, camp meetings and crusades where we got this. Raise your hand and make a decision for Jesus. Repeat a prayer after me. Hello? Just repeat this prayer and ask Jesus to come into your heart. It's not what Peter said. He said, repent. Be sorry you're not in God's perfect will and turn around and say, God, I'm going to pursue you now. I'm going to follow you. Repent of your sins. I'm sorry. I've got to change a mind, a change of heart, and I need you. People been lied to. I said, people been lied to. I hate it. 
But this is what Jesus says. Jesus told his own disciples, if you don't repent, you're going to perish like the worst of them. That's what Jesus said in the book of Luke. Repent or you're going to perish. It's not about uh, about any of this. Try to make everybody so comfortable and say something. Just don't want to be in Repent of your sins. Be broken because you're lost and turn to Jesus with all your heart. He tells them, you can read it there in the book of Acts, the second chapter, verse 38. Repent, be baptized. You know, that word means something. Hello? It doesn't mean a dozen different things. It doesn't mean to sprinkle a little water on a baby's head. Amen. Somebody said tonight about, I think more than one, just talking about uh, Catholic tradition. You don't see it in the Bible. You see him going down in the water. You see him coming up out of the water. The very word that is used there is to make, be made fully wet. Amen. It's a, it's a, it's a, praise God, an immersion. It's a burial. Read it there in Romans, the sixth chapter. Buried with Christ. Amen. Buried with him. Hallelujah. Penny says we baptize every one of you in the name of of Jesus Christ. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Peter. Stop right there. Jesus in Matthew 28 said in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Are you messing up something? Are you? Nobody stopped him. Because you hear Father, you haven't heard a name yet. That's just a, a role. That is a, a manifestation of Almighty God in our lives. He's our creator. He's our sustainer. He's our life giver. He's our father. But that's not his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Baptize him in the name of the Son. Jesus' name isn't Son. He is a Son. Right. Holy Ghost. I'm a human being, but my name's not human being. He's a spirit and he's a Holy Spirit. Right. But when you look in every single place, Acts 2, Acts 8. Acts 10, Acts 19. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes. Even Paul said, I was bar- bar- baptized calling on the name yes, sir. of the Lord every single time. You'll never see somebody being baptized in the Bible saying Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's always in the name. There's authority in the name. Yes. There's power in the name. Yes. Amen. We got healing in the name. Yes. We've got victory in the name. Hey, if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, hey, you know what Peter said? I command you to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Acts the 10th chapter. He said, and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's a promise. Somebody say it's a promise. It's a promise. God will fill you and it's for you. It's for, for us today. Amen. How dare you say it's over? How dare you say it's an option? How dare you say, hey, you know what? It was good for them, but but we don't need that anymore. He said it's unto you and to your children, to all that are far off. Where did God say, I'm done with it. I don't need it anymore. Now it's the devil. Help us, God. The theme of this Bible is how Jesus has brought salvation to the world. Amen. That if we'll turn to him and follow his death by dying in repentance to our old life and turning from it, follow him, bury that old life by being baptized in Jesus name, following him in resurrection, new life as he fills us with his life, with his power. Listen to me. This whole book is a theme of Jesus His love for humanity, his mercy for humanity, the price he paid that we can be saved. Now, let that be your theme. Now, let Jesus coming into this world to love, to serve, to give, to have mercy, to minister. To bring us back into a, the right relationship with God. Let that be our theme. Oh, you've got a lot of things in your life. You've got a lot of things going on. But flowing through where you work needs to be a theme of God save my boss. Save my coworkers. 
You've got a home and you've got responsibilities, a place you live and neighbors and all kind of things that you got to take care of. But let there be a theme in your life. God, I want them to see in me a supernatural experience that it's more than just me saying I'm just a sinner that God's forgiven. But there's something about me that they see Jesus and they feel that spirit as we lift him up, drawing them. To something they need. Live a life that shows that he is alive in you and has a plan for their lives. The greatest proof that you can give about how real God is to your family, to your co-workers, to your friends, is letting them see him in you. I can tell them, walk out, I don't know if it's a clear night tonight or not. I can tell them, you think, uh, you think that just all happened because of an explosion? Tomorrow morning as the sun comes up and you see all the beautiful colors of creation and the birds that are singing. And you say, you think that's just a cosmic accident? I can tell them some of the things I told you tonight about how prophecy has been fulfilled so Many hundred prophecies that even two or three would be an astronomical amount of odds for that to come to pass in one person's life. But hundreds of prophecies fulfilled to the letter that Jesus is real. But the best thing you got, if you can't quote scripture, you know the first thing about what you see when you look out in this world. But you can tell them, just watch my life. Your life ought to show them his love, his mercy, his kindness. You know, the Bible tells us Jesus talked about the end times. Matthew 24. Verse 8. He's talking about a lot of different things already by now that are going to come to pass. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted kill you shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another many false prophets shall rise and deceive shall deceive many and because iniquity shall abound the love of many shall wax cold but he that shall endure to the end the same shall be saved just give me a few more moments Iniquity is abounding in our day to day. And because of it, the love of many has just gotten cold. I could tell somebody you need a friend like Jesus. He's been a friend to me. Hello? I can tell somebody he'll be the best friend you've ever had. He'll be that friend that sticks closer than a brother. But talk is cheap. This day that we're living in, I've seen more than ever. People are friendless. People know what it's like to see this stuff happen. They've been betrayed. They've been hurt. They've been used and abused. We have our work cut out for us as a church. Our life's theme ought to be to show them the friendship a supernatural friendship. Yeah. You say, well, you know, they've really pushed their like, I've been forgiven more than I deserve. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't be hard for me to have patience with somebody. Right. God's been kinder to me than I deserve. Right. I ought to be able to just push my feelings aside and be kind to somebody that doesn't deserve it too. Right. Intentionally, listen to me, intentionally make up your mind. There's people that need to see what kind of friend Jesus can be in me. This Bible has a theme. Your life needs to have that theme. Your life needs to have the theme of the gospel flowing through every thread of what your life is about. That you can shine something more than just a, a head knowledge of doctrine but a heart that cares for the lost, that Jesus suffered and died for the sinner, 
He reached out and ministered to those that were possessed. Amen. He loved how often we say those that were unlovable by society. How about the church has a theme? How about your life has a theme? How about we look at our own selves and say, do people see God's theme living through me? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, help us, Lord. I wonder today if you've been filled with his power. There's something inside of you that's supernatural. There's something inside of you that Jesus said, I'll give you power to be my witnesses. I give you power. Oh, I believe that there's gifts of the spirit. I believe there's a moving of God that we can feel in the house of God. But if it doesn't make us a witness, what's that mean? A witness. People can see that we have had an experience. There's something more than just a religious confession. Something more than saying, I, I believe or I belong to a church. There's power in you. Power that rises above the fears of this day. Power that's got authority over what the devil's trying to do in your life. Power. Power that shows the lost hope. Power that shows those that have been hurt God's love. This isn't your best. This isn't you trying hard. This is the power of God living His theme through you. People in this church come hurting. People in this church come burdened. Do you care? Do you have God's theme? Of redemption flowing in you. People you see throughout the day, throughout the week. Let your life, your purpose, be God's theme. Shining brightly. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If you can come pray for a little while before we dismiss and just ask God to help you live this through His power. If you've never repented of your sins, tonight is a night. If you've never just fully turned away from an old life and turned to Jesus. about anything that's being preached tonight, I want to sit down with you and open up the Bible show you. We'll baptize you in that only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus Christ. We'll pray for you. God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That promise is for you. here recently, Paul came upon some believers and asked them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? People today are told they receive it when they believe. Paul didn't believe that. The Bible doesn't teach that. There was a baptism of the Holy Ghost for them. He laid hands on them. They received the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. Just like the Bible says.
show people that love, that mercy, that hope. going on. A lot of people preaching false gospels. Pull a little bit of a verse out of context tell people that's what it takes. Listen to me. This Bible is very clear about the gospel. It's a theme from the very beginning. Oh, God's going to help you. God, I'm asking you to help us to shine brighter than ever before. Help us to consider the power that you've given us. Power to be witnesses, God. Power to carry the theme of your heart, your word, throughout our lives. To shine our light, God, to a dark world to shine our light show them there's hope to be set free from sin oh thank you Jesus God help us let's all stand God thank you you loved us while we were still sinners but Lord you didn't leave us there you broke the chains of sin You destroyed the bondage of the devil. We walk in a new life. Old things have passed away. All things become new, Lord. Thank you. Help us to be the greatest testimony. That people would see you when they see us walking down the street. They would see a clear change in our lives. They would see an obvious difference. A supernatural difference. Lord, that we would shine forth with your glory and not our own. We love you so much. Lord, I thank you. Continue to open doors. Continue to work through us, Lord, for your glory. We love you, God. We thank you for your mercy and kindness. Keep us as we travel now, Lord. Continue to use us. Shine your light through each one of us. We give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.